Well, these two sermons uh, end up kind of having an overlapping theme, not by design, but more by the exegesis of this morning's text. So there'll be some similar thoughts, but we'll kind of go more to the direct heart and root of the problem. Satan himself, as Jesus identifies, so we know, and we know not to listen to him. John 8, verse 44, hear now the word of the Lord. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Let me read that once more. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. As with this morning's sermon text, tonight's text has been one I've been quoting recently to encourage a saint simply, uh, maybe not paraphrasing it exactly, but uh, speaking from these verses, saying it this way, the devil's a liar. The devil is a liar. And I review with you a few things. I'll, I'll overlap with our study from Wednesday night as we're studying the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer and Thomas Watson uh, identifying the ways that Satan works against us and tempting us. And I, I remind you of, um, I think I shared this story, it's worth repeating, I remember when I was in Buffalo in college with Campus Crusade for Christ, I believe they now call it Crew, uh, there was this skit that they were acting out um, on a Thursday night, just kind of a thing to teach. And um, one of the people in this skit is the devil, acting as the devil. And he was walking around in the midst of these other people. I think it was a few different scenarios, you know, one scene, then another scene. Sometimes he was just listening. Sometimes he was interacting. He was even sharing about himself. Uh, what really uh, stuck out about it was the, the, the main idea of this skit was that nobody believed he existed. And he'd kind of go, oh, kind of step back like, good. Now, perhaps you and I would have the other response. What do you mean I don't exist? I demand to be known as my identity, but he was happy to not exist in their minds, though he did exist. It's exactly what he likes. It's the greatest deception. It's the greatest influence. And frankly, he's deceived a whole bunch of people. And I think in some ways, practically in the churches, we we don't want to obsess about Satan, but we do need to have a healthy, sober understanding of him in the way he works. He likes to trick people into not believing God exists, but perhaps even more, he likes to convince people that the devil doesn't exist. And it's all filthy lies. The devil lies because he is a liar, because he is the father of lies give to you that as the, the main idea, mostly repeating what we're looking at in our verse. The devil lies because he's a liar, because he's the father of lies. Lies come out of him. It is his essence. It's who he is. The Greek word for uh, the devil here is diabolos. And I believe that's reflected more in the, in the Spanish, I think, um, perhaps the Portuguese. Uh, diabolos. 
And it means slanderer, somebody that speaks bad things against another person. It means, uh, you know, things that aren't true. It means enemy. It means adversary. Now, remember Thomas Watson in in his uh, writings on the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. He said this, Consider Satan's subtlety in tempting. Subtlety meaning so sly, so careful you don't know you're getting duped. That's the whole idea. You don't even know you're getting duped, right? Consider Satan's subtlety in tempting. The Greek word to tempt signifies to deceive. So Satan is the great tempter. And the word tempt, Thomas Watson points out, means to deceive. Revelation 12, verses 9 to 10, give us uh, a reminder of some ideas of what Satan is like, who he is. And the great dragon, so notice he's called a great dragon, danger, was cast out. That old serpent, that's going back to the garden, right? Called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. Notice He deceiveth the whole world. Again, that's what he does. He deceives. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. He's the accuser. He's accusing the brethren before God day and night. But you know what he did? You know, you know he's guilty of this. You know, and and it's, he's not always lying. He's he's often speaking about reality, but he's lying about our reality related to it. He's acting as if we're still on trial, but in Christ we're not condemned. But he'll have us feel that way as he accuses our conscience, as he accuses us before God. So he's the great dragon. He's the old serpent. He's he's called the devil and Satan. He deceives the world. He's the deceiver. And he is the accuser of the brethren. Revelation 20, verses 2 to 3 and verse 10. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more. Deceive again. Notice that highlight. Till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And the devil that deceived them, again, the devil is a deceiver. He's a liar, was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Remember, the beast, the false prophet, they come to deceive the nations. That's what they're all about. That's their whole thing. We saw that connection with 1 John 4 today in its context. The spirits of the false prophets. Again, thankfully, we have the spirit of Christ in us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we have discernment to be able to recognize the deception of false doctrine and and false practice. uh, Good called evil, evil called good. But notice this deception, this deceiving got to recognize that's the main thing being highlighted. I mean, even a snake, you don't always usually recognize they're there until you're, woo you know. Um, uh, even the dragon, there's that sense of creeping up to eat the Christ child in Revelation 12, right? 
Remember, even as we talk about how Satan is called elsewhere in the scriptures, a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Remember, I shared with you a pastor uh, preaching about this on K-Praise Radio maybe a month or so ago now. He pointed out something I thought was very striking. A lion roars after the kill. A lion sneaks up to get its prey. It roars after it kills its prey. So Satan is very subtle again and knows how to tempt and get us and deceive us and trick us. Martin Luther, the great reformer Martin Luther, in a, in a few weeks we'll be celebrating Reformation Sunday, uh, the anniversary of when he nailed the theses, 95 theses to the door in Wittenberg, Germany. Martin Luther credited Satan for deceiving men's eyes and reason, pointing to Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Uh, Namely, by developing doubt in one's own faith as insufficient to drive a Christian into despair. He pointed to those succumbing to suicide as overcome by the devil and God's warning to show how dangerous he is and to guard against his wiles with prayer. And the, the lying of Satan, his his lying ends in death. That's the goal. What does Jesus say? He is a murderer in our text tonight. He was a murderer from the beginning. The lies lead to murder. What's he referring to there? So the first lie caused the first Adam to fall into death. Back at the beginning of Genesis. Oh, God doesn't really mean this. Did God really say? And he was very smart about it, making them think, oh, yeah, we could be like God. And yeah, no, we don't really have to worry about that. And then dead. Separated from God's presence. That's death, spiritual death, and then followed by physical death. And if one is not redeemed in Christ, it will be followed by eternal death at the second coming. So he's a murderer. His, that's the thing we need to recognize. He's seeking to devour you. He is seeking to cause you death, to bring death all around you. And if he can't drag you into hell with him, he wants to make your life a living hell in the meantime. He wants your life to be deathly. And he'll trick you into thinking it isn't. But that's where it ends. Uh, as Jesus says, these Pharisees approaching him in the temple were Satan's sons. And that's the context. He's in the temple, and the Pharisees are approaching him, and he's having this back and forth. I was going to say dialogue, but it's, it's really they're kind of, kind of uh, duking it out, so to speak. And he's recognizing, or he's, a, he's, a, he's identifying the Pharisees as the sons of Satan. Can you imagine? He says, Satan's your father, because you're doing his will. You're doing his dirty, deceitful work. You're spreading lies about Jesus and to his face in the company of others in the temple. When he's the true temple. When he's coming to save his people. Because it could end in their and others' deaths. Look at verse 24. If you teach everyone and you don't believe in me as who I say I am, who I am, it's going to end in death. I said, therefore, unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. And you can see why the devil wants to be working through them. Keep people from believing in Jesus. So they die in their sins. Because he's a murderer from the beginning. This is what he does. He lies so that he can kill. Very serious. Very dangerous. But how does he manage to kill 
through lying, through deceit. That is his means. That's his MO. That's who he is. That's what he does. Indeed, they're intending to kill Jesus with all their lies. Verse 40 of the text. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. He's saying, I've told you the truth, and you're killing me for the truth. For telling you the truth, you're killing me for it. Isn't that as he said, such were the prophets, such was Stephen's experience in the book of Acts. But he says, you're you're wanting to kill me right now. And then, of course, they later do kill Jesus by telling lies about him, such as in Mark chapter 14, 56 to 58. It says they brought all these false witnesses against him. And they, they said these different things that he said, he said he didn't say. They used lies the whole time to do the work of the devil against him. They, they started this conversation, they're responding to him, but in verse 13, look, they say he's not true. What he says is not true. They're calling he who is the truth a liar. They're certainly doing the devil's work, aren't they? Look at verse 13. Pardon me, I flipped a page too much here. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. You're not who you say you are. He is the Son of God. He is the revelation of God himself incarnate. And they're saying to his face, You're lying. You are not from God. You're telling a lie. You're not speaking the truth. And they're responding to what he says in verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And again, light is uh, very much a metaphor for truth, darkness for deceit. As well as, of course, life and death. Then there is involved uh, a discussion about his father, God the Father, and their father, Satan. They're going back and forth, and uh, there's some debate about that. We're going to just touch on that right now. We're not going to look at those details. But they actually say that he has a devil. Verse 48 and verse 52. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Verse 52. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. They twice accused Jesus of having a devil. Which Jesus does deny in verse 49. He, he, uh, he defends his own good name and reputation. Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father and ye do dishonor me. You see, they have the anti-Christian false prophet spirit of the world, which Jesus has overcome for us, as we looked at in this morning, 1 John 4, verse 4. But that's what they have. Satan works through such people. But he also works in the spiritual realm, remember. Watson pointing out he's a spirit, so he can speak into our thoughts Sometimes we can't even tell whether they're our thoughts or his thoughts. 
It's pretty scary. We need to be able to recognize it can't be uh, the truth because it violates what the Bible says, what the Bible, which is true, says, and therefore we have to identify it from Satan. The devil will lie to you to tempt you to sin. And he will lie and seek to convince you that you cannot be forgiven for that sin after you do it. He will tell you there will be no consequences and then hit you with those consequences in your conscience. He will tell you what you want to hear instead of what you need to know. He will tell you not to go to church. He will tell you not to read your Bible. He will tell you not to pray. That you don't have time for family worship. And he will suggest other things to do to waste your time. Instead, especially excessive play. Which you have in your hands 24-7. Unless you open a Bible app. Or some Christian app to teach you the word. Satan is called the accuser. He's called the adversary. He's actively working against you. He's actively working to break you down. That you wouldn't allow Christ and the church to build you up. Jesus, on the other hand, is your advocate. He's your mediator. And here's what you need to know. Hear what he who is the way, the truth, and the life says. Verses 31 to 32 of our chapter this evening. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. See, there were those who believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's the truth. If you believe on me, you'll have life, you'll have light, you'll have the truth, and it will set you free. Look with me at verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. That's the truth. That is the truth. But the devil lies to you and teaches you that you are a slave, you've always been a slave, and you will always be a slave. But it's not the truth. Jesus says if you're in Jesus, if you're in him, you are free. Free Indeed. The devil influences you to be fearful. The devil wants you to be, O ye of little faith. The devil wants you to cower and not seek to live the abundant life and grow in grace and sanctification. He wants you to always be afraid of the unknown. He wants you to always be afraid of the possibility of failing so you don't even try. But it's a lie. Fear is a liar. Fear is from Satan. It's not from God. 1 John 4 verse 18. There is no fear 
in love. By the way, same chapter as this morning. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. Of course, Satan wishes to torment you. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Romans 8 verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The devil wants you to just forget what you just heard and wants to put the shackles right back on you, put your hands behind you, lead you outside in fear. Satan will tell you, you can't. He'll tell you that enough that you find yourself not recognizing it's him speaking and you'll start saying all the time, I can't which will turn into, I won't. But Jesus would have you remember Philippians 4.13, especially about being content and having peace. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Satan will tell you he doesn't exist to steal your own existence. After all, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14 says, For Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Sometimes I've heard that translated masquerading. He's got the mask, right? He's, he's pretending to be an angel of light. You know, the kind of angels that we like to see on the TV shows. I'm not actually saying we should watch those, but those are always popular through the years. They were popular when I was growing up in the 80s. You know, all these angels of light. You don't say, oh, let's sit down and watch Touch, Touch by a Demon, right? You know, <laughs> you don't sit down and say, oh, let's go get deceived in darkness tonight. No, he knows how to admit. And by the way, those programs usually do teach a lot of false things about the Bible and God. But it looks so nice, you know. It just seems so sweet. Next thing you know, he's messed up your idea of God and thus yourself and salvation and Christ. He knows how to deceive. That's what he does. And again, that's what we have to be so careful about. He is going to deceive us with things that are attractive on the outside. He will accuse you of being unforgiven and outside of Christ. Satan will pretend to be your best friend and only looking out for you when in fact he is your worst enemy and is always looking to devour you. He will tell you you are defeated while Jesus says you have already conquered and are more than conquerors. Again, 1 John 4, 4 this morning. He will tell you God doesn't love you anymore. The Holy Spirit will point you to the cross, the resurrection, and the Lord's Supper, and that God says he has an everlasting love for his people. Satan will tell you it's time to give up and to give in. While Jesus says, hold fast and overcome. 
Speaking of the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Westminster Larger Catechism 195, I'm only going to quote a little bit of it for you, uh, says this. As we would pray that, we are acknowledging that Satan, the world, and the flesh are ready powerfully to draw us aside and ensnare us. We pray that God would so overrule the world and all in it, subdue the flesh, and restrain Satan, that our sanctification and salvation may be perfected, Satan trodden under our feet, and we fully freed from sin, temptation, and all evil forever. Now, naturally, that request is only going to come to its fullness when Christ returns or when he brings us to heaven. But that's what we pray for. Pray that he would be advancing his kingdom in us, restraining Satan, revealing Christ's truth. You see, the devil will lie to you to get you to lie to yourself. It's one of the biggest dangers. And to lie to others. And to lie to God. Tell Satan he is a liar. Resist him with the truth. And watch him flee. While Martin Luther often encouraged counterattacks with Satan's advances, he also knew that the best of offense is a good defense. And he said this, In a conflict with the devil, one must pray constantly, Father, help! Nobody should fight the devil unless he first prays, Our Father, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Yet we should Recognize that our, in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, for he also says, no man should be alone when he opposes Satan. By the way, I think we're going to get to that part of the study this Wednesday. One of the things Thomas Watson says where Satan likes to get us is alone. He says again, Martin Luther, no one should be alone when he opposes Satan. The church and the ministry of the word were instituted for this purpose, that hands may be joined together and one may help another. If the prayer of one doesn't help, the prayer of another will. Further, it is said that Luther proclaimed, when the devil reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future. And what is that? We saw it in Revelation tonight. He's cast, he will be cast into the lake of fire and have no more influence. Christ will completely take back earth from him. Now that's the truth. The devil has no power over you but to suggest and accuse. You must not give him your ear, but keep your eyes of faith on Jesus. You must call the devil out for what he is every time he speaks with his slippery, forked tongue to drag you down into doubt and despair. You must respond, You're a liar. You are a liar. 
Because the devil is a liar. Don't believe him. And that's the message for you this evening. The devil is a liar. Don't believe him. Now recognize what we saw in 1 John 4 this morning. How he goes about getting lies to you. And say, as Jesus did through Peter to who was working behind him, get thee behind me, Satan. You are a liar. The devil is a liar. Don't believe him. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray that you help us to focus on Jesus, the way and the truth. Sanctify us in thy truth. Thy word is truth. As the devil would tempt us, let us respond as Jesus did with your word. And as the devil would twist your word, let us respond with a proper application of your word. You have given us everything for life and godliness in your word. Lord, we confess that we too often listen to Satan. We let him influence us. We let him tempt us. We like to be lied to. And then we suffer the consequences. And then we deal with his lies. We can't be forgiven. Lord, lift us up in your grace. Lift us up in the spirit. Lift us up in the blood of the everlasting covenant. Lift us up in Christ. With our eyes on heaven from whence our help does come. Where God is between the cherubim. Lord, help us not to be dragged down into the depths of darkness and despair and doubt. Instead, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, and the author and finisher of our faith, who has already inaugurated his kingdom, who gives us victory. In him we have already conquered, and so we can continue to conquer Let us not believe the lies. Let us not listen to Satan. Let us identify him as your Bible does, a liar. And let us turn to Jesus, who is the truth. We turn to you now in prayer. We seek your blessing. And we seek that you would give us more truth. Help us this week as we go out and walk, commence the world in it, but not of it. To recognize where Satan is lying behind so many advertisements. Behind so many opportunities. Behind so many subtle suggestions. And let us just call him out. You liar. You're a liar. And let us open our word and open in prayer. And turn our eyes to Jesus and be sanctified in the truth, saved by you who are the truth. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all your people said, Amen.